Welcome to the Functional Medicine and Natural Healing Podcast, where we share the secrets to upgrade your digestion, improve your hormones, restore your immune system, and detoxify your body. I'm your host, Dr. Houston Anderson. Now let's get started. The following discussion is for educational purposes only. It is not intended to diagnose or treat any disease or disease process. Always discuss any medical treatments or medical interventions with your personal physician. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. I'm Dr. Hugh Sanderson, and today I'm going to talk a little bit about some viruses, uh, which is uh, mostly an underestimated and underutilized approach to reverse chronic disease. and And I always say that you know, once again, if you're you're not going to convince me not to go after infection over and over and over. But I think sometimes when I say stealth infection, a lot of people don't know what I mean. A lot of people don't know what infection is. In fact, almost all day, every day, I get the question, well, is fungus candida, is candida fungus? And today we're not talking about candida or yeast infections or fungus, but today we're going to talk about the number one cause, in my opinion, of chronic autoimmune diseases as well as likely chronic fatigue. Um, and this goes for things, everything from adrenal fatigue to thyroid-related disorders to fatigue. And and I want to kind of share with you some of these ideas because a lot of people, once again, we're underestimating this story. Everyone thinks it's not that big of a deal because we don't see them, because we can't feel them, because we don't lab test for them, because once again, there's not a drug for them. So like I like to do, let's get controversial right now. I think during COVID, everyone learned um, that medicine doesn't have a lot of great antivirals, right? Especially early on, a lot of people were dying. There wasn't many protocols. Um, and even if you look at the protocols that we're employing, um, you know, alternatively, or even, even some doctors are doing it, anything from like an ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, um, or high dose probiotics or vitamin D, these are not specific viral protocols. Um, and so, You'll find that in my office is one of the reasons why I use a lot of herbs because herbs have a ton of research for being powerful antivirals. Um, and then I'll share with you one other one and kind of a dietary strategy at the end here that we can follow to kind of maybe um, address these at home and, and almost like a viral detox. And I think everyone should probably do it probably once a year. Um, I probably do it once or twice a year if I feel anything flare. So I'll share that with you at the end. Um, so I just want to share just like, you know, if we go over like one specific virus, I'm just going to cover mainly two viruses today because, um, producing a podcast with every known virus is kind of difficult and they all have their own nuances, but I, but I want to talk about two main categories, I guess. Um, and so one of the, one of the viruses that, that a lot of people are suffering from with autoimmune diseases is actually a, a virus called parvovirus. Okay. And, and if you look into the research on parvovirus, you're going to find that 15% of arthritis can be, doesn't have to be, but can be due to parvovirus. And this is especially common in patients who test seronegative, right? So essentially you go and you get tested for rheumatoid arthritis and they say, no, you don't have any markers for rheumatoid arthritis, but it's definitely what you have. Um, so you're seronegative, um, or RF negative, rheumatoid factor negative, and so it turns out you're just having arthritis. Up to 15% of those cases, right? That's I don't even know that percentage. One in however many, um, but it, but it's uh, 1.5 um, out of 10 people, right? 1.5 out of 10 people have this seronegative arthritis due to a parvovirus. This is a viral infection. If your doctor doesn't check for it, you would never know. 
right? So I'm not saying everyone needs to go run and, you know, go tell their doctor that they misdiagnosed them because they, they have a parvovirus. They don't actually have arthritis, but it's something to consider, right? Um, and then the next class of viruses I want to go over today are just the herpes classes, okay? So we all know herpes simplex virus 1, which is kind of notorious for creating cold sores. Um, you have herpes simplex virus 2, which is notorious for the genital herpes. Um, and then you have Epstein-Barr, which is, is monovirus or HHV4, which is notorious because of the fatigue it causes. But I would suggest almost all viruses create fatigue. And we know this because when we catch a cold, we don't have endless energy. I do want to talk about the Epstein-Barr virus, though, because it does show up more often than other things. And it's been associated with you know, multiple disorders. So if you look specifically at cancers, Hodgkin's lymphoma, lymphoma, Hodgkin's lymphoma associated with Epstein-Barr virus. Burkitt's lymphoma associated with Epstein-Barr virus. Okay. And not to mention autoimmune disease. So autoimmune disease associated with Epstein-Barr is rheumatoid arthritis, lupus, Sjogren's, chronic fatigue, and more specifically MS. Right, so we have a lot of research on MS and how it increases the rate two to three fold of your likelihood um, of developing MS if you have Epstein-Barr titers or if you were exposed to it when you were young. Okay, and a lot of people don't think about these because they think that they just go into the system and then they're like, "Oh, well, I got over that cold. I'm just fine." Unfortunately, these viruses live within the system forever. Um, as I joke, you know, the age-old virus joke is, you know, is it dead or is it alive? There's always a controversy there, but it, let's not say it lives in the body. Let's say it remains in the body um, up to your entire life. And depending on how healthy you are, that depends on whether your body can fight it off or not. So it's important to know some of the things that might trigger these. Okay, any cold or any flu can, can flare one of these chronic herpes viruses or parvoviruses. Um... COVID, right? So a lot of people uh, caught COVID and they're having kind of like these residual effects. Um, if they're not directly, I would say COVID related, or if they don't feel like COVID related, if they're not uh, loss of taste, loss of smell, um, if they don't feel like your COVID felt, if there's come something different, it's been well over six months, you may have activated one of these stealth infections, one of these viruses that was just lingering, just sitting around and, and no one did anything about it. Um, just a simple cut on the skin, or a flare of eczema, for example, would be enough to reignite these viruses that are hiding. So already you know that, like, based upon what I've told you, it's hard to keep these things at bay, um, which is always going to be my story that I say specifically for autoimmune diseases and any chronic illness, which is most of you guys that are listening to this, we need to address infection, but viruses specifically early and often, right? We need to continually address those viruses um, if we're lucky enough, we get completely better and we never have to worry about a virus again and our immune system becomes stronger and we know um, the causative factor, right? So not just the causative factor. We know that we were really unhealthy. All we ate was donuts every day and soda pop. Um, and then, you know, we've completely changed our lifestyle and we've taken care of the infection. Now we have reason to believe that we should be able to stay well. Now, two other people that won't get well, right? The person that was eating donuts and soda and stays on donuts and soda um, they're going to maintain that virus. You can kill it. It will come back. You can kill it. It will come back. It will return that process. 
Um, and then you have the other people who come into my office frequently who, who have completely eliminated all foods from their diet. They eat as healthy as they can. They exercise perfectly. They sleep perfectly. They turn off their blue lights, you know, three hours before bedtime, all the things that you could think of to do, and they still don't feel well. And this is another group of people that, that these viruses are likely deep-seated. It's not that they can't get well. It's just if they forget about it, it likely comes back in a period of time. And sometimes that period of time is as soon as six months or three months. And in other people, it's not for five to 10 years. But don't be surprised if it was a virus once, if it comes back and it's a virus again. Other things, right? Any injury, definitely, definitely, definitely any surgery can set off infection. Okay, and I don't care where the surgery was, and I don't care how microscopic it was, and I don't care if it was just arthroscopy that was cleaning out the joint. I hear that all the time. Um, if you go in and alter tissue, it takes a significant toll on your body. Anything that takes a toll on your body is going to allow these herpes viruses um, or any other type of virus that's hanging around to proliferate or, or kind of re reactivate. Um, high intensity interval training. If you're training too hard, it's not hit in and of itself. It's just if it's too hard for you, it will activate a virus. Okay. Any kind of specific sunburn. Anytime you get a sunburn and you get sores on your face, that's definitely a herpes virus. Menstruation, right? If there's enough stress with your menstrual cycle, relationships, if there's enough stress in a relationship, these will activate these stories. Okay. So I just want you guys to kind of have a better grasp of of these are infections, they are real infections, even if you can't feel them. So I would say, if you feel fatigue or you have an autoimmune disease, you can 90% assume that you have an infection. This is why with most of my autoimmune processes that I treat in the office, we talk about how long it will take. Well, a virus doesn't go away in a day. At a minimum, it's gonna take 10 days if your immune system was doing it. But guess what? Your immune system is not doing this. In fact, your immune system has kind of, kind of found its balance of letting the virus survive and killing it all at the same time. And this is a weird spot for it to be in. And it creates some chronic inflammation and pain and symptoms. So as we go and we slowly but surely kill these viruses, um, you're going to start to feel better. And, you know, once again, in general, if that's your problem, right? Not making any promises here. But so what are the strategies? So if, if Dr. Anderson is saying 90% of you guys listening to this podcast have an active virus right now that you need to be fighting, what do I do? The first thing that I do for almost all viruses, especially if we have any signs or symptoms of Epstein-Barr or cold sores or a history of general herpes, even if your herpes isn't, isn't having a flare or out of control, but if you have any of those signs or symptoms, you can assume that you would benefit every once in a while from an antiviral treatment. Now, of course, we can go and test all of these, right? You want to do an antiviral test of your of your stool or a PCR test of your stool, or you want to go and um, assess all of these things. It's just $400, you know, two to $400 on a typical antiviral panel um, or viral panel to see if you can find anything. And in fact, some of these tests are very, very new and many people don't know what to do with them. But for example, once again, I'm, I'm kind of give you like a strong antiviral protocol right here, not as the rule of what you should take, but just of something that like is, is a little bit different than what you're doing. Um, and, and I'll throw, once again, probiotics under the bus. Can probiotics affect viruses? For sure they can. Are they a direct antiviral protocol? Not in my opinion. 
So it's important to know that. Okay, so one of the things that I'm going to do for a ton of patients, especially if anyone that's been sick for a really, really long time, and and uh, they're coming to me as like the 15th, 20th, 30th practitioner they, they see, I'm often going to put them on a high dose of lysine. Okay, so lysine and, and, you know, you guys will all hate me for this, but I say go buy the cheap kind at Sprouts or whatever your grocery store is next to you just so you can get enough in because you have to get a lot in. If you for some reason have a corn allergy, which is usually in all the cheap supplements, sorry, you have to buy some more expensive stuff. Um, but L-lysine is something that you can get at the store. And I, I usually tell people to take three to 4,000 milligrams per day every day for a minimum of six weeks. Okay, so if you're talking about six weeks of L-lysine at 3,000 to 4,000 milligrams, these capsules or pills usually come anywhere from 250, uh, 250 milligrams to 1,000 milligrams. Um, so you could be taking four pills a day or you may be taking up to like 16 pills a day. But the point is get what's close to you. Um, and I don't really have a specific brand. Obviously, a great brand that I like on these is Biotics Research. Um, they have a great lysine product. Um, but there's there's a lot of other brands that have out there. Um some of the big name brands we have to be careful with, but uh, for lysine, it seems as if there's a lot of them that are pretty good. The other thing that I'm not going to go over too much today is having a low arginine diet. You can Google what foods have high arginine content or what foods have low arginine content. And then lastly, um, caffeine-free, right? So caffeine is definitely something that stimulates a viral infection. Um, so if you have one of these stealth infections, it's going to proliferate. So that's kind of the basic approach there. Probably two of the stronger antimicrobials I use um, to, to address antivirals and viruses. I'll use an andrographis. I'll use a neem leaf. Um, and then just depending on where the virus is located, I'll do an olive leaf with that too. Um, but those are probably my top three that I use um, in general. Um, and But I'm always combining that with lysine because what lysine does, it, really the research that we have for lysine specifically applies a lot to HSV-1. Um, but, but I'll tell you that the body does something that's unique is, is if you can take care of a couple of the herpes complexes, a couple of the family members there that are, that are utilizing resources, um, and you can downregulate that by using lysine, your immune system has a chance to take over. So once again, like I said, your body's constantly fighting these viruses, whether you know you have them or not, you definitely, um, will have them at some point in your life, um, Obviously, as far as Epstein-Barr, there's plenty of people that that uh, know they've had it, and then there's a whole other group of people that already have it and don't know they've had it. Um, but what we what we do is we just fight it anyway. So that's why you know the, the Epstein-Barr test can be a little bit uh, confusing, uh, and and people interpret it different ways at all times. Um, so the biggest thing that I say is let's let's pretend it's not Epstein-Barr. Let's just say that based upon your symptoms, meaning you have an autoimmune disease or you have um, cold sores. Um, and, and I see this all the time. It's not cold sores. You can get the same thing with um, like just dry skin on your lips. If you're the person that always has to put on chapstick, um, you likely have a herpes virus that's causing that. If you have peeling of the skin anywhere around your face or your nose, um, usually that's going to be viral related and, and it can be benefited by kind of that protocol that I just outlined there. Um, if you get usually about past the eyes or up into the head, it's not usually viral, it's more bacterial. Or if you get too far away from the mouth, 
um, then it's not usually viral. Viruses seem to dry things out. And then once again, you want to pay attention to your triggers. The easiest triggers to pay attention to for viruses is sunlight. If you go out in the sun and you get a sunburn and it flares your lips or your face or your acne or your eczema or any skin disorder, it's likely virus. Um, specifically, the face is the most notorious for this. So there's your kind of uh, tell-all that you might have a viral infection going on and you might benefit from a low arginine, high lysine, strong antiviral protocol. And we'll catch you on the next episode. Thanks.